welcome to the final episode of this mini season. Yeah, oh my gosh. So uh, thank you for making it if you've made it all the way this far. I know I thank everyone every single time for making it this far, well, but we're honestly, we, are, we appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, just to start off, this is Kieran. This is Gigi. And uh, this you're listening to Almost Chill. Almost Chill, yeah. fifth episode finale of this mini season quote unquote mm-hmm. and we've got a special guest today we do we have joyce who is a badass asian woman to watch and we will definitely yes. get in to the details with her more later i know um Say what's up joyce <laughs> hey y'all <laughs> <laughs> joyce in the building but yeah she'll definitely be chiming in mm-hmm. later on with some of her thoughts and working Feelings. in yeah. as an asian woman in business and yes. that's what we're gonna be talking about today so mm-hmm. We, you know, we've gone through what it's like to grow up. We've gone through, you know, some of the things that we've noticed now that we're adults. And Mm -hmm. um, definitely some of the things that we're living through right now mostly is is just being Asian women in the business world. Exactly. Dealing with, you know, workplace dynamics and uh, work relationships and things like that, especially as an Asian woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot to unpack. A lot. For sure, there, for sure. <laughs> I'm afraid this might be two episodes, but uh, no, no, we're no, gonna, no. We'll we're keep gonna it, put we'll it into one. one episode. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for for me growing up, I didn't. I feel like I didn't see a lot of Asian women represented in business. Of right? course, I didn't see a lot of people that you know looked like me in mm-hmm. leadership roles and things like that. Yeah, you know, I saw. All these, and if there were women, you know, we didn't really start talking about women in business until pretty recently. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was when I was growing up. I mean, obviously, kids aren't really part of that conversation, but I just think I didn't see it as much. No, I didn't either. I mean, I didn't think I was going to be a woman in business either. I did nursing because that's what I feel like as Filipino women, you know, your gateway to financial security and Mm. financial happiness is really being a nurse. Um, So I didn't even know that I had an opportunity, any opportunity to create in business and um, it wasn't until much later in my <laughs> college years that I actually realized like, oh, wait, I actually could, you know, if I pursue something in this, I could be an Asian woman in business. Yeah. But even then it was it was still something I wasn't really used to. You yeah. know, I didn't have the confidence to pursue it yeah. as much as. And we we definitely talked about the double minority situation mm-hmm. in the last episode. I think mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, not just being Asian, but also being an Asian woman exactly. and having to deal with the dynamics there. And I think women in business, you know, it's interesting. We see a lot of these women in business you know media pieces or whatever it is and all that and Gigi told me the other day that Forbes named Kylie Jenner like the youngest (sighs) self-made what what was it you 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 tell me what what it was well yeah I mean it was on my Twitter feed and I couldn't help but you know click in and read it and I was like what they basically said that Kylie Jenner is going to be the first self-made woman to hit a billion dollars by the youngest the youngest youngest. yeah Yeah. and then to my surprise of course Twitter put together some hilarious tweets that you know were people were questioning or challenging that and my favorite was dictionary.coms that said you know re <laughs> reiterated what self-made means yeah and then put it in a sentence yeah i think it back it's, to her, so. it's so ridiculous kylie jenner is not self-made you know what i mean nope. she 
grew on the success of her family members exactly privilege and and all of that and she wouldn't be any person at all if not for that kardashian jenner name and i think that it's ridiculous forbes of all of all the publications were they went ahead and just are lauding this girl as an amazing businesswoman and whatever but there are a lot of incredible women of color that are doing wonderful things that don't get as much recognition don't get i won't get the cover honestly yeah i mean who not that that not that that you need that but at the same time it's just you know we're projecting that this is what self-made means and i feel like that's really damaging to whether you're asian or a woman and you're already a woman in business trying to combat that where You'll never read, you know, that that idea of self-made is unrealistic. Yeah, for sure. And I honestly, who else needs to hear another fucking article about Gwyneth Paltrow and whatever the fuck she's doing? <laughs> like, I don't care. Right. I literally do not care. I know. Can we please talk about some amazing women of color in business? You know, let's do that. Yeah, let's Instead do that. Instead of just <laughs> white women in business. Another fucking white woman in business. Congrats. Because <laughs> she's white and she's a woman. Yeah, Good exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, who are some notable women of color that you so that you would want to talk someone about? that I really like is Bazomo St. John. Yes. You know, she came from Apple and then, you know, she has a really strong presence on social media as well, just projecting, you know, her black girl magic and the way she works as a single mother. Um, and I just love her the the energy she projects both as a businesswoman, woman to you know, her hashtag watch me work, you know, I find really just fun and I think all cultures of people of color really can relate to her or want to aspire to be where she's at because she's in, you know, uh, leadership roles for large, big-name companies. So after Apple, she went to Uber as their chief brand officer. And then um, and then now, I guess, uh, from her Instagram, I've seen that she's, she's working now at Endeavor. So I think that's pretty cool, nice. you know. Nice. I like following her her um journey in a way you know as a woman person of color are there any other women of Um, color you want to so like i i love miss info (laughs) miss info is someone that like you know i grew up on the east coast so i was always listening to hot 97 i commuted to college Mm -hmm. in the beginning before i moved to new york when i was going to Rutgers, and she was a part of my ride her and angie martinez so um but miss info like the only, you know, I follow her now mainly because of she's doing a lot of different work in uh, she has a consignment store her, her, her someone in her family that she's part of a style director for. And she's constantly made herself relevant um, to people in a younger generation. She has a food show on Complex. And mm. I just feel like, you know, we need to respect women like that because she's a rap mom. She uses her voice. She's one of the few people that I feel like, you know, she's truly herself and Mm -hmm. she has evolved in her career and i think she's a powerful woman in business that we don't always um you know recognize and you know i i think she 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 came from chicago and i think her family has always been in business too and i find her fascinating because she's another woman in new york just being who she needs to be Mm -hmm. and and in different categories of business you know and I feel like I I can relate to that because you know I've gone from fashion to like tech retail tech and you know I'm now in cannabis and and you know doing things in music as well which Mm -hmm. is so interesting for me and I feel like I relate to um you know I aspire to that level of (laughs) excellence yeah (laughs) for sure yeah I mean for me someone that 
recently especially came into my sphere was Melody Hobson. Mm-hmm. She is going to be the new um, Starbucks vice chair. Oh, wow. And she is incredible. For those of you who don't know who Melody Hobson is, she Everyone in the world adores her. Oprah loves her. Like if Oprah loves you, you're just an awesome person. Damn, around. I want to be loved by Oprah. And she, uh, George Lucas, is lucky enough to be married to her. She is not married to George Lucas. He is married to her. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. Yes. And she, I mean, she is really this the self-made woman. She is. If you're, we're gonna be talking about self-made women here. Mm-hmm. Melody Hobson is as self-made as it gets. She grew up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, she had a tough childhood, right? And she rose through and performed well and shined. And she was just this symbol of you can do it if you work hard enough. If you're a good person, mm-hmm. and you project positivity. You know, you can get what you want. And also, she, I love her quote. She always says, I want to be in business. I want to be unapologetically black and unapologetically a woman. Wow. Which I love. That That's amazing. Her. And I just I need to I, follow her now. I, she needs to, more people need to know about her, whether you do or not. Definitely follow her journey. She's an incredible, incredible person. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and then another woman that of color that I want to also take quick note on is um, Eliana Murillo. She mm-hmm. is, uh, in charge of multicultural marketing at Google. Mm. And she, um, as a Hispanic woman, has really, really worked and used her platform to help other Hispanic women find leadership roles, find advocacy roles. Mm. And she has used everything that she has earned herself and used that as a platform for other women to lift them up and Mm -hmm. to help them and to bring more women of color into the business world and into, you know, roles that are leadership roles, executive roles, things like that. So women like that are people we need to be talking about. Mm-hmm, and who I gives agree. a shit about what Kylie Jenner is doing? Yeah, who gives exactly. a shit about what Gwyneth Paltrow is putting on her body or in her yogurt or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm ready to hear about fucking badass women. I'm that here for that. are just doing rad shit mm-hmm. for other women of color. Exactly. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean... As Asian women specifically, I think we also deal with something different. That's not just this women in business Mm -hmm. dynamic. It's this being an Asian woman specifically in business. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that um, I think it was the Harvard Business Review. They did an article um, or a study actually about hiring Asian women or not just hiring Asian, but just hiring in general. And they sent out a bunch of different resumes with um, white names, with Asian names, with, you know, just Pakistani names, with Indian names, with all these different kinds of um, just a range. And they wanted to see what kind of responses they got back from these hiring managers. And they found that if you had a white name, you were more likely to get called back. And you were more likely to get an interview and you were more likely to be followed up with. Right. Than if you had a, you know, name that wasn't an Anglo, quote unquote, right. name, right? If you didn't have, if you had a Patty last Smith. name that looked yeah. a little bit different and right. maybe they couldn't pronounce it, mm-hmm. you know, it intimidated them or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, they studies have found that even when people of color whiten their names, they get more callbacks than when they don't whiten <laughs> their names, which is so crazy. Makes sense. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But it's it's that kind of dynamic that, you know, there's all these barriers already that exist you know why do these barriers exist what and i think we're definitely going to get into that with joyce yeah she has a lot Mm -hmm. a lot to say about that i'm sure um but 
just kind of going into it as an Asian woman in business, what about you, Gigi? Have you experienced anything that you think, you know, my white coworkers would never experience this? I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, in our first episode, we talk about tiger moms and mm-hmm. what that means. Yeah. And, you know, with respect, we love our tiger moms. But uh, I feel like that was used to uh, talk about me in like, well, I took it kind of in a sensitive way because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I was requesting something of my team um, and laying my expectations out like I felt a leader should be doing. And then I was kind of scoffed at and be like, oh, there goes Gigi again being a tiger mom. And I thought, oh. ooh, <laughs> whoa, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really like how that felt. But yeah. then I had to kind of just sit through that and not be petty you know and or angry about it because i feel like i had to understand well i appreciate being disciplined and laying things out and communicating and i felt like i needed to let people know of that it wasn't like i was demanding any more than i normally would um so but if white people are demanding they don't get called yeah exactly (laughs) all of a sudden we have like a name or dragon lady you know was the other thing and i was like i don't know which one i like better i kind of like the sound of them both but i just (laughs) felt like that one moment really kind of was take I was taken aback because I just felt like I didn't deserve any yeah. type of name calling, yeah. you know, because yeah. if I had a white counterpart, I don't think that would have been the case. It would have been like, rah, rah, siskumba, let's go, yeah, yeah. white woman or man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely do think, you know, just going back to it, the whole like double minority thing, I, I think in my experience as someone, Asian woman, whatever it is, in business, it's always just been that women's side of things mm-hmm. more so, you know, all that. Uh, for me personally, I'm not saying this is everyone's experience, but I definitely feel as though, you know, there are so many situations and I know a lot of women that have these stories mm-hmm. of, you know, being saying some shit in a meeting and just getting shut down or no one listening to you. And then, you know, some man says the same thing and, Oh my God, it's the greatest idea ever. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I know a lot of women that, that can share stories that are similar to Mm -hmm, that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I feel like I've even experienced sometimes like, well, I was at a, you know, a cannabis trade show Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I'm very comfortable in trade shows because I pretty much grew up walking them Mm -hmm. really young and being, you know, entrusted to speak on behalf of a company. So I know how to carry myself in front of complete strangers. Cold calling doesn't I'm not afraid of those things. So I remember going up to this one table asking about what they do or something along those lines related to distribution. And, you know, cannabis is some distributors are are treating that whole program as if it's alcohol. So those naturally those those are white men that are behind those Mm -hmm. those companies. And I was totally just like talking to deaf ears. I could just feel that energy Mm -hmm. of them just being like are you done yet? Because yeah. no. <laughs> and I just remember thinking like, okay, well, I'm just going to move along. Yeah, but seriously. I could feel that, you know, and that's really strong um, in cannabis. Yeah. So yeah. it's this whole taking you seriously mm-hmm. as a woman and then especially as an Asian woman. Right. Do you have enough, quote unquote, t- to offer us? Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, we, we absolutely do. do. Actually, <laughs> I mean, if you guys have been thinking along the same lines for however many years, mm-hmm. you know, it's you literally just all white men telling each other that their ideas are great. Right. You know? Exactly. Not, no <laughs> actual voices of color coming in and bringing their insights and not being listened to for sure. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I think. 
For me, what really gets me about being an Asian woman is in business is when other Asians tear mm-hmm. you down. Right. And I think that it's it's not necessary. You it know, really- we need to be banding together and, you know, supporting each other mm-hmm. instead of, hey, as an Asian, I'm going to bash on my other Asian coworkers so I look good in the <laughs> eyes of my white bosses. You know, things like that where I've experienced it in more than one organization and in more than one industry. Mm -hmm. And I think it really kind of goes back into the whole model minority thing. You know, maybe if I'm the best and, you know, if I can show that I'm the best Asian, then you'll want me, you know, and all that. I don't I don't get the whole dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Neither do I. I mean, it's funny because growing up, I feel like within my Filipino circle of friends um, or there were people that I had to engage with because my family was friends with their parents mm-hmm. and then friends that were actually my close friends. But, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, the bragging rights and then just having to prove yourself to them, yeah. you know, just felt so exhausting. Like, and you just shouldn't be feeling like that as a child, you, you know, be competing with each other, you know, yeah. because we're all <laughs> we're all of the same culture. Yeah. So it's just I, I found that so strange. And for a while, it prevented me from even approaching Filipinos mm-hmm. women yeah. because I just felt like they they w- immediately felt like we were in competition. And I mm-hmm. just would never be able to see, see or understand what that competition ca- where that came from. Yeah. So. And there's only so many seats at the top for, you know, people who aren't white men, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I exactly. Feel, I feel as though sometimes Asians behave that way with other Asians because they think, oh, there's probably only one spot for an Asian at mm-hmm. the top. So maybe if I take it, it'll be good, right? Right. And honestly, we need to combat that, I think, with representation, you know, mm-hmm. showing that there are more Asian women in business. And let's start putting that out there right exactly showcasing these women and talking about it to show the younger generations hey there's more than enough room for every single one of us Mm -hmm. and we can all be lifting each other exactly working together and all that yeah for sure um but who are some badass asian women that you that that i want to that i want to like tell everybody about so um well first i think i should just also plug Ali Wong, oh, because who doesn't love her? I love her so much. I just so much. feel like, you know, she has a strong voice. She's talking, relating to women, Asian women, mothers. Yeah. You know, even my own dad was like, did you watch Ali oh, Wong's she's uh, comedy special? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, how funny is it? She says, you guys should lay down. Yeah. And I don't want to lean like, in. I want to yeah. lie down. He's like, I think that's so funny. He's like, that's kind of like you. You're not trying to lean in. You're trying to lay down. And yeah. I was like, word, dad, yeah. I am. But I'm really leaning in, yeah. actually. But, you know, I think she's great. I I watched her recent, her second mm-hmm. Netflix thing, and I think everyone should watch that, whether you know a mother or she's not. She's amazing. I think she, her voice is amazing. And then another, um, well, I have two others, but one other that I really love is Yoon Amba. Yoon Amba. Yoon. Um, she's the the Dior men's jewelry designer. Okay. And it was really cool because, you know, she's an Asian woman who walked the House of Dior show for men's and it was like you know right when they changed like uh virgil went to louis vuitton Mm -hmm. and then um and then oh my gosh i'm drawing a blank who is uh he was at (laughs) he he's he moved to dior but i oh my god i do not i can't believe i forgot his name but anyways he (laughs) she he grabbed her to walk down the runway when it was um 
finishing up. So, nice. oh, Kim Jones. Oh my gosh, sorry. Anyways, yeah, Kim Jones walked, uh, grabbed Yoon, and she designed all the jewelry for that line. I think that's amazing because you know, as a white man, you know, he knew like a essential part of that collection was like to Yoon, and you know, she's a part of that team. So for her to go up to the top like that, I think that's incredible, and yeah. she's really, really talented. Nice, yeah. I mean, for me, I the first person I thought of was Olivia Kim. Oh, I think yeah. I love everything about Olivia Kim. She is the embodiment of if that opportunity isn't out there, I'm going to make it mm -hmm. happen. You know, she created a position for herself at Nordstrom. She created a whole new position so that she could do Iconic. cool shit that she wanted to do. Shop and shop. You know? yeah. yeah, she's amazing. She's like, I'm going to be the VP of creative projects and you guys are going to be cool with it. And you're going to let me do all this fucking awesome shit in your stores, you know? And she really created her own own path mm -hmm. and i think that is really admirable especially as a woman of color For and an sure. asian woman in asian business. woman i know and i definitely look up to her as this you know she doesn't give a shit and she is just here to do fun things and have you know cool people come in and work with her and collaborate with her mm -hmm. um and she also does a, a good job of amplifying voices of color as well um and then lastly i want to really mention really quickly someone who I think has been a long time Asian woman in business is Indra Noi, mm -hmm. who she is the CEO. She's the chairwoman of PepsiCo, which is the second largest food and beverage company mm -hmm. in net profit in the world. Right. And she is an Asian woman and she's in charge of all of it. I know. Which is so crazy. And it's she tri tripled their annual profits in the first few years that she started working there. It's so crazy. She's, yeah, that is amazing. She is a badass that has been a badass since I was in high school. <laughs> you know, she has been always, always a woman to watch. And for I sure. definitely applaud her. Still for, watch her. <laughs> for continuing to hold her own in such a white, you know, dominated space. For sure. For sure. And I find that so interesting, you know, going back to Olivia Kim, you know, I feel like I'm finally on that way where I can f see what the path is that I'm creating. And it's so nice to be able to look at other Asian women who literally just stuck to what they wanted and believed in their talents and skills and got their way there. Yeah. You know, it's an incredible feeling. We applaud you. Know? you we applaud you. <laughs> and we appreciate you. And thank you for paving the way for, for us to feel like we can do what we can do what we want to yeah, do do what yeah. we want to do honestly yeah. that's that freedom that i think we all just want to be able to strive to and have if i saw more of this when i was younger i it would totally i mean i think projected me into this world a little mm -hmm. bit earlier even you right know, giving me that confidence to do that and i think 100 percent. i think that definitely goes into you know press and, and all that stuff which mm -hmm. is think where we're gonna introduce Joyce yeah so thank you for listening and and being here we yeah. really appreciate it um but yeah Joyce introduce yourself I know Joyce who are you who are you <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting here with my pseudo of silence but it's nice <laughs> to listen um, oh thank you yeah it's cool to hear you guys speak um so I'm Joyce Chen and I am a lot of different things yes. but um Feel free. A lot of different where are, you, where are you from? So I'm originally from L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, and born and raised, grew up to a suburb outside of L.A. Uh, went to school out there at USC and then was in New York for about 
about eight and a half years or so and mm. just recently moved out here to Seattle. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of background. Um, so I am, uh, first and foremost, one of the co-founders for The Seventh Wave, which is a literary arts nonprofit um, that deals with art in the space of social issues. So mm. wow, this is all very much what we talk about. Yes. Um, and that's kind of, I guess... I like to say that's my day job. My night job, how to support that, <laughs> is I am a freelance journalist. So I was working as a full-time journalist at a variety of very interesting different places mm-hmm. before. So uh, over the years, it's been like at People Mag, um, People Magazine, at the New York Daily News, um, Us Weekly, and then now wide range of just like culture entertainment outlets. So mm-hmm. like Rolling Stone for a little bit, the Today Show for a little bit. Architectural Digest, which is a lot of... I saw all that. It's kind of (laughs) random, but it's also very interesting to learn stuff about. Um, And uh, yeah, Refinery29, Mm -hmm. so all all sorts of different things. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, so beyond that, you know, what what has your experience been as an Asian woman in business? Um, It's definitely been... It feels dramatic to say it's been an uphill battle, but I also don't feel like it's untrue to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with the fact that, you know, I went to school at USC for journalism, which, you know, sounds like a prim and proper uh, uh, kind of career path to go down, but is like very dominated by white men still. <laughs> right. And um, I went in for print journalism. So my idea behind that or my thought behind that originally was that all journalists were kind of like really aggressive, really like. Uh, type A people just like throw morals out the window, whatever, mm-hmm. just for the sake of a or a story. And I realized when I started, I was like, no, there's other ways to tell stories. And more than that, there's a lot of other stories that aren't being told. Mm-hmm. Duh. <laughs> now looking back on it now, but yeah. when I first started, out, I was kind of like, I don't even know what I'm getting into. And I've only seen these kinds of news stories out there. I've only seen these kinds of features out there, and these people being represented in certain ways. Then I recognize like in a really cool way, like what kind of power I can have if I'm in a position where I can tell the stories that need to be told, that mm-hmm. aren't, you know, for whatever reason, um, being t- being talked about, being touched upon, because like uh, there aren't minority reporters in a newsroom mm-hmm. that know in depth like how to address a certain situation or a certain story or, you know, like there's not enough leadership in there to say this is an important story. Yeah. Right. So, uh yeah, you asking that question brings up a lot of like interesting thoughts. I'm just like, man, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a trip. It's a it's a very white male dominated industry yeah. still. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's a very multifaceted kind of question. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It points. is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So this is the piece that I think Gigi was the one who was like, "This is what Joyce does. Oh, she represents yes. us oh, yeah. in a very incredible way." Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. So I think this piece, the one I worked at Us Weekly during the election, I'm so sorry about, but it's that one. And then the one I really want to get into is when you wrote for Pace Magazine. Yeah. So I guess it's up to you, whichever you feel like talking about first. Yeah. So they're they're both related. So basically, a little bit of background. So I was working at Us Weekly. Uh, during the presidential elections, mm-hmm. which is all kinds of weird because <laughs> you're Us Weekly, so you're expected to be tabloid and entertainment. And all of a sudden, you know, you realize half the time you're covering Trump, you know, because he is entertainment. And right. he is, you know, uh, a form like he's SEO, he's clicks, he's, mm-hmm. you know, right. Right, all, sure. all those kinds of things. So uh, there's 
that whole piece. And then there's the fact that uh, right after the elections, Us Weekly was sold. And this is all public information. It's not uh, anything uh, that's been kept out of the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nothing I can't talk about. This I also, is all searchable. I also did not sign any NDA, so there's definitely oh, nothing okay. I can talk about. You're good, you're good. <laughs> so we're we, good, we're good. We got the, we, yeah, we got the real information <laughs> out the, here. The receipts so, with no NDA. Yeah, We have that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so Us Weekly was sold, and importantly, it was sold to a company called America Media Inc., AMI, um, which also publishes, you know, such publications as the National Enquirer, um, Star Magazine, uh, those, those like kind of like what you would imagine when you think tabloids. But yeah. also the CEO of that company is was and is really good friends with Trump. So like what that coverage looked like if Us Weekly was bought out by AMI was definitely going to be different from how mm, we were covering it. Got it. So it's a lot of like trickle down, right? Like whoever's at top is going to make those decisions and say like, you know what, uh, I know that was, like, a really bad thing he did. Maybe we don't want to cover it. Like, so there's going to be things like that mm-hmm. happen. It's any company. Um, so the two pieces that I wrote, one was for, it's now called Splinter News. It used to be called, well, oh, it had a different name. Uh, yeah, because I, I remember when I first read that, I was like, I don't know if I ever heard of Splinter yeah, News yeah, before, that, but I put it in there because I remember reading that yeah. way back when. <laughs> they also got bought out. So oh, that's the speed of things. Oh, wow. Go. Um, Good to know. Yeah. But it was so for Splinter News, what's now called Splinter News, and for Pace Magazine, I wrote about that experience and about like what it was like to decide essentially when Us Weekly got bought out by AMI not to go. Like, so basically, our entire web team was given, we were given offers um, to go over to AMI. And I just kind of waited my hand. I was like, morally, this just feels gross. I don't know that I can do that. And so I just didn't sign, I didn't sign the contract. So I wrote about that. And Props to you, Joyce. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man. Like then, financial security yeah. versus moral code, yeah. you know? If you want to talk about being an Asian woman in that position, mm-hmm. like my parents are like, "What do you think you're doing? Yeah. Like, are you kidding what was me? That like, yeah, you know." But How did that combo go. I just told them I was like, honestly, like you guys raised me right, so I have a moral compass, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't doesn't sit right with me. Like, I would rather, you know, and yeah, I understand that. Like, I was in a position where I could say that, you know, like I don't have a family to support. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have, you know, like a like parents that Morgan, I'm supporting right. right, or a mortgage or anything like that. So I understand that I had that position to say that, but it also just felt like, you know, what am I contributing to culture in general? Like, mm-hmm. what am I, what am I actually adding value as a journalist? If I'm writing about like, yes, Joyce. you know, props to, props to journalists. Thank you. So, so but, nice to know you, man, you got a backbone. <laughs> Hell yeah, girl. You know, But like in those cases, you know, it's interesting because telling my parents that then they were completely on board. They were hundred mm-hmm. percent just like proud. Cause they're like, well, okay. Like, it's not like you're just haphazardly like, Oh, this is a hard job. Uh, yeah, I got to yeah. quit. You know what yeah, I mean? You weren't giving up. No, because that's also you part made a of choice. Totally. And that's part of being Asian is just like, you, <laughs> I definitely had a tiger mom growing up. <laughs> yes. I don't know if she'll hear this, but I think she would acknowledge that too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's fine. But like, I think, you know, discipline and the idea of just perseverance is like so ingrained in you that like in this case I was like listen it's not because I'm like slacking I'd rather not do a job I'm like it actually to the more moral fiber of my being is just wrong Mm -hmm. and like if I can't 
not like make myself an example. If I can't like just like make that decision, then how can I expect anything I do after that to feel okay? Right. You know. Wow. So, yes. Truth bomb. Yeah. Seriously, you guys need to listen to read what Joyce writes. Yeah. Because please do just follow the seventh even wave. Her, <laughs> even the titles of her articles, I'm like, oh. Mic drop. I know. All right. This is how we're starting off. I was like, damn, off. I know her. Shoot. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Joyce. Seriously. Yeah. Kudos, Incredible. kudos to you. That's, yeah. That's awesome that not only did you make that decision for yourself, but you chose to write about it mm-hmm. and publicize yeah, share it that. and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, for sure. It was, it was one of those things, too. Like, I'm sure you guys have been in positions where it's like, you do respect your coworkers mm-hmm. and you like your colleagues. It's just like, it was a shit situation for everyone. Right. And my coworkers who did sign and had to go to AMI, they had to sign NDA, so they couldn't say anything about it. Uh. The other coworkers who got laid off definitely couldn't say anything about it because they definitely had to sign NDAs. I was like, I'm just a free-floating one <laughs> person. Like, if they want to come after me, like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Honestly, like, <laughs> I didn't sign anything. Yeah. You know, and everything was by the books. I can write about my experience. Right. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Use that's that awesome. voice. Yeah, use wow. that voice. So, so, so how proud. do you how do you <laughs> choose the pieces that you write about? Mm. Yeah, um, I think more recently, just because I've been doing kind of like freelance stuff, it's been a mix of just like what I've been observing, what I'm interested in. Like um, most recently, I wrote that piece about uh, for Refinery Twenty Nine oh, about yes. yeah about mm. like I forget I forget the exact headline, but it's basically kind of like will. You know, corporate America ever care more about like women's safety than like bottom, the bottom line. line. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was when I saw that, that I was like, so much. Wow, that is a statement to make. <laughs> I hope people in Refinery, the demo for Refinery, read that. Yeah, because they're so in too. the brink of you know, do you choose corporate America or mm-hmm. do you know, do you fight on? I mean, I get it. You know, I think a piece like that's really impre- like influential to young women that, you know, aspire to write for all these places or all these corporate companies. But, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, do they really care about you? I don't know. Yeah. Right, the experience right, right. might be great, yeah. but or, you know, influential in your resume. But these are the things you need to know. And I feel like you highlighted that yeah. Really, really well. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Yeah. I I just remember when Gigi sent me that piece, she said, read this. And <laughs> the, <laughs> just, excuse me. Just the first five whatever words that were in the headline. I was like, all right. I'm going <laughs> to love whatever it yeah. is that she's written in here. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms yeah. of that article with Paste Magazine yeah. kind of going into that, mm-hmm. um, with choosing to write that and yep. sharing that, yep. did you get any backlash? Did people say anything to yeah, you? Yeah, I. So I think part of being a journalist in the entertainment field means that you are constantly being given some kind of critique, criticism. Mm-hmm. People are like, "How dare you say that about so and so?" Whatever. So I mean, I already have like a fun little army of trolls that likes to troll Ooh, me. Okay. Wow. On social media. You do have haters. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm like, I don't take it personally. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, dudes, like this is this is my day job, mm-hmm. and like if I'm writing about something that I'm I'm like passionate about and that I really believe in, then I'm fine if you don't agree with me, you know. And I have, at least for this piece, I didn't get too much lot. La- uh, Clap, clap back, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of the right word. Um, <laughs> criticism, I guess, because it felt 
at at least like for those who were insider enough to know what was going on, like mm-hmm. it wasn't a really a question. Like AMI has a bad reputation, mm-hmm. and I feel fine saying that because they do have a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Now everything that's happening with like the administration and like the investigations about like them paying out the model who oh man like all that got out that's all (laughs) that's all ami i um, wow got text from my brother the other day and i was kind of off the grid so i didn't know what was going on he was like really glad you're not working at ami and like a string of emojis i was like what happened at ami so it feels like there continues to be stuff that's like being weeded out um and a big part of it is just you know like they're kind of like a legacy company so Mm -hmm. legacy also translates into older white male yeah <laughs> just as usually yeah. usually right so uh you know like so at least for that piece i didn't get a lot of clap back had i though like how i usually deal with that is gauge how much i care mm, right <laughs> yeah right, usually yeah. not much <laughs> mm-hmm. like i like to like feel it out I'm like, well, this is not gonna yeah. ruin my day yeah. so whatever yeah um and if it does actually matter to me like actually engage in a way that's constructive because mm-hmm. i don't i mean I'll just be real. Like, I don't have a lot of time. So I'm not going to waste my time <laughs> right. on somebody who's just, like, trolling just for the sake of getting a reaction. Like, yeah. that to me is, like, unconstructive. So if there's someone who's actually saying something, I'm like, oh, I actually don't agree with that. But I feel like this could be, like, something that's actually a conversation. I'll engage. And if I feel it out, I'm like, oh, you're still wasting time. I'm off. Like, yeah. it doesn't really, it doesn't phase me. Yeah. 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 So Joyce is an expert at dealing with haters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. This is basically what we talked about <laughs> yeah. in the last episode, but she's already embodied all of it. She's like, it ain't no thing. Yeah, like, Whatever, <laughs> hater. Gauge how much I actually care. Yeah, I gauge love how that. much I so actually care. Yeah. That's so honest, you know. So real. I love it. I love, I love that. It. So in terms of now that you're, you know, doing all this more freelance kind of stuff, do you get to choose people who you write for? Are there Mm -hmm. people that you were just like, I'm not going to write for you. Sorry. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's a balance because part of it is like, obviously, you're like, I got to pay my bills. Yeah, But but at the same time, it's like, what am I willing to compromise? So I think I I am more picky in who I work with and sometimes say like with an architectural digest or with like um, the knot, which are like funner lighter things Mm -hmm. like yes that's not going to be shifting and changing culture but (laughs) i love who i work with and specifically like i'm thinking i won't name her but i do love her like my editor over at the knot is like she's a korean american woman Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like she's always pushing for more diversity in even like those stories that we tell so you think the knot you're like okay weddings weddings. who cares right right but like we're going into like weddings that have a cultural bent we're going into like lgbtq weddings we're going into like how do you like etiquette for so it's like it's really subtle Mm -hmm. but like i i think i'd consider that like soft culture in a way okay you know what i mean like it's all culture yeah Yeah, it's also it's also a way to get into like what people are reading um and making them more cognizant so like Mm -hmm. you're mentioning before jer about like you know with uh refining 29 like those readers are probably skewing younger. Mm-hmm. And so they're like pretty uh, moldable is not the right word. But impressionable. You know, impressionable. Yeah. Impressionable. Yeah. 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 impressionable. And so like this is a great juncture for them to like be exposed to stuff that like maybe they haven't read before. Right. I mean, I think for me, when I grew up, I was reading like teen magazines. Yes. Yeah. Like, teen you know what I mean? Why and all that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which teen is like. people. Oh my god, RIP totally, people. I know, yeah. I totally have those me- the stacks I still have at them. my parents' house for yeah. sure. YM same yeah. before Teen Vogue became woke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 See, see, I have I those. Think that's a great example. So Teen Vogue is 
doing so much right. Yeah, because yes, for sure. They shout know. out Elaine. She should have been one of our women. There you go. I want shout to, out her right now. Yeah, let's shout her yeah. out. Elaine, wow. She's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. What an incredible... I mean, I think when the way she exited Teen Vogue to, to like amplify herself as a black... Oh, she's a biracial woman. And I think she's what she's doing is really, really incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Agree. I I love what she does and she's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Like, that oh, doesn't she, hurt either. She's stunning. Um <laughs> In yeah. terms of choosing people, oh, that you sorry, do end yeah, up working for yeah, you. sorry, I got derailed. No, no, yeah, we just all over the place. Is, yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, choosing the people I do work with, I think it's very much if it's not the subject matter that I'm very, very invested in, then it has to be the people. Got so, it. like the staff, it has yes. to be somebody who is the team. right, the team who like people who are cognizant. Um, even me as a freelancer, like making me feel like I'm part of the team, right, and that my voice matters. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I'm saying, like, my colleague over at the Knot, like. I always feel like it matters my input. Mm-hmm. And does it matter that she's an Asian American woman? Yes. And no, but mostly yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if I really just, I haven't really stopped and analyzed it. That's why I kind of pause. I was like, oh, that is interesting. Like, we just understand also, like, that it's taken a, us a bigger fight to get to where we are. Right. And so we value that. And we value each other's time. Because mm-hmm. we're kind of like, like, no bullshit. Like, this is just, hey, I need this story. Hey, I'm interested in writing a story. Great. Go mm-hmm. go for it. Go so. for it. Yeah, wow. So yeah, it's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love what you do. <laughs> I'm really glad that there are women out there like you who I know. are cognizant and thinking about these things and writing with intention. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's Definitely. Awesome. For yeah. sure. For sure. I have to say, I think one of the really cool things uh, that is stuck from the beginning of starting in journalism till now is just mm-hmm. like, you get to talk to and meet so many different people. Mm-hmm. And experience and learn about so many different things and i think in a way like that is also why i say like if i'm thinking about that refinery 29 piece like why it kind of boggles my mind that there aren't more people of color women of color minorities in general who are in the top positions because if there are people of color women of color minorities in the top positions then like they'll also understand why this is important and let it trickle down too Mm -hmm. you know versus like me like small potato like freelancer you know what i mean like yeah right trying to get my voice out there it's like people who already have a voice and have that platform and can help elevate like you guys mentioned Mm -hmm. before other women of color it's true that reminds me of this book that i told you (laughs) to read the um how empowered women lead remarkable how remarkable women lead and i remember going through it thinking like wow like any time that in my career where i felt like i was lifted up it was because another woman like co-signed me you know they say that like the first thing that you need is a mentor Mm. and I think in some ways you know people that you work with when you're a freelancer technically I'm a freelancer as well um those people if they don't give that you know make room for you at the table if they're you know your white counterpart or not I think that makes such a difference you know and I think any little any little step forward really makes a huge difference at any company if you just let your minority um, partner or coworker colleague um, really take the floor and give them that opportunity um, I you know I'm really thankful right now to the people that you know that I'm doing business with are really mm-hmm. mindful of that and like you said make me feel like a part of the team even though you know I might be on a 1099 (laughs) or something like that you know and I feel like um, companies don't get built 
without that kind of respect with your teammates. And I yeah. think, you know, with um, writing these stories and amplifying those these issues, it's so important because I think it'll come back to people or new people in the workforce that yeah. can think like, no, that's wrong or fight back or push back or call people out. Yeah, uh, about absolutely. It. Some, mm-hmm. Something you said about uh, mentors kind of struck me because... Mm-hmm. That's actually a big part of the reason why I even got into journalism and got to that place was because I saw that there was someone who was doing what I wanted to do. Wow. And she was a Korean American yeah. woman, and her name's Jeannie Park, and she used to be an executive editor over at Time, Inc., mm-hmm. and then before that over at People Mag. But, like, uh, I remember meeting her at this, like, do you guys know Coriam? Like, there's oh, yeah, yeah. The Korean American yeah, magazine yeah. based out in L.A. Yeah. So they throw an annual gala, and she was one of the honorees, and I happened to be attending, and I saw on, like, the program or whatnot that she was being on and I was like holy shit like I need to go talk to her just yeah. because like she's she's done what Gives <laughs> like, some respect. what no woman has ever done before yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like but she's risen the ranks in a really uh mindful really intentional really like full of integrity way mm-hmm. full and of integrity I don't know what the word else like integrity so filled yeah. with, you know and so like I remember talking to her and like I'll never forget this like my friend and I went up to go talk to her she was sitting at a table with a bunch of people like super fancy whatever and she gets up to talk to us right like and like that's the smallest thing but Mm -hmm. it's also the biggest thing because you're kind of like you are actually like respect like it sounds weird but like you know i mean asians like respect Mm -hmm. is a big thing Mm -hmm. but like you're actually taking the time to get up to speak to me versus like what do you want yeah Yeah. you know and like that made all the difference and she's actually the one who helped me get my first internship at people oh wow you know and like think it makes a big difference at least reflecting now when you said mentors like Mm -hmm. yeah i gotta remember to mention that yeah because you know like if i had not met somebody who had like kind of taken the path Mm -hmm. and like was in a position that i at that time aspired to be like I don't think I would have known how to even navigate that. Right. Because you don't have examples. Yeah, you So, like, you're just kind of like, I guess I'll piece this together. And, like, who's going to help you? Because, you know, everyone's kind of out for themselves. It's true. You know? So it's nice to have an ally just from the get-go because someone who also knows how difficult it is to start out. Right. From that specific, like, uh, point of view. Yeah, perspective. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, as much as I don't want to say this, it's... If you're not Asian, you don't get what it's like to be Asian, you know? And then, especially if you're not an Asian woman, you don't get what it's like to be an Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And so totally. having someone help guide you a little bit, I think, would if I had that, I would have felt so much more confident about doing all the things that I Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah. Absolutely. I know. I feel we like... more of that. We Asian women, that. let's start <laughs> lifting each other up. I know. I mean... Do you I, have any younger Asian girls in your life that you just, you know, I want to support what you want to do? Do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like my Asian girlfriends, Joyce included, mm. you know, I feel um, really support me in ways that, you know, I don't have a team, like an actual team because I'm not on a full-time right. position somewhere. So I have to like lean into these friendships as like a surrogate team, mm-hmm. you know, and look at even though we're not, you know, no one's on the same path as me as being on cannabis and things like that. But looking at it from, you know, a journalist's perspective, like she's able to choose who she's writing for and whatnot. And I should be able to find that in cannabis or Mm -hmm. wherever it is and you know just being able to see that reflection of hard work and growing up Asian and like you know literally I mean I feel like the way that we are taught to grind in New York is unlike work ethic that you meet from other people it's very rare Mm -hmm. you meet someone that can work to that level of capacity uh, in another state in California whatever it is you know I've 
I've really, I mean, you are a beast, Kieran. So, oh, man. <laughs> considering you're, you never worked in Appreciate New York, it. you know, Appreciate but it. it's just the, there's that level that I feel like, you know, you want to look at. And if you don't have those roles, like, I, I mean, I hope we can all, someone will re- listen to this and feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Those women are using their voices. I should speak up just a little bit more yeah, at that meeting. Exactly. You know, send that exactly. send that follow up email without any fear in your heart that you know yes. you'll be reprimanded, you yes. know, or like thought of as like that stupid. You know, like that's no, stupid. Totally. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Well, we know that um, we what well, we want to ask every single guest that we have oh, on this yes. show. We want to make sure mm. every single guest has a chance to answer this question. Is, mm. What would you like to say to the white people of America? <laughs> what would you like to say to the white yeah. people of the world? Do you have any... Uh, Is there anything you want to get across to them? How much time do you have? Oh, <laughs> not, not terribly uh, much. <laughs> well, I think I, I also appreciate that you like got real soft and whispered when you said that last mm-hmm. part. Just because it's like there's so much, I think, in all of us uh, that we'd want to express. But I think above all else, just in thinking about like women of color in business, Asian women in business... I think it's just that, like, my experience is not the same as yours. Right. And it, and it can't possibly be. And, um, like, even if we're working in the same, like, corporate position or, like, have the same title or same role, like, we did not travel the same path to get there. And, I mean, I'm saying this as just, like, fact. Mm-hmm. Not as, like, I had it harder, you had it. You, like, no. Partially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, also, but also, like, but as fact, you know, like, because... Yeah. We just didn't travel the same path. Like the opportunities that were just given to you were not given to me. I had to work like twice as hard to get into this college or I had to work twice as hard to get this job. I had to prove in meetings like Jerry was saying about like speaking up. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel like I had a place to be able to speak up. But like, you know, once I started to recognize, I'm like, Yo, I actually think I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. wait exactly. a minute. Why, why did I have that ingrained in my head that I didn't know what I was doing? Oh, you needed permission. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Permission. Permission is so much about it. Um, or so much what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, I think. So if there was something I want to say, it's just that. It's just like our, you know, our paths were not the same. So, you know, keep that, keep that in mind when, you know, we're communicating mm-hmm. when like as a really just basic thing like we we did not arrive at this position in the same way mm-hmm. um and yeah it's it's hard because i think like it is somewhat impossible to embody somebody else's life experiences but i think at the very least you can be empathetic right For and sure. just try just try <laughs> Just at try. We try. Say at that, we said that in our episode. Just it. try. Yeah. <laughs> listen. Shut. Like Pretty shut sim- up and listen. Pretty simple you know? concept. Yeah. 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 <laughs> simple concept. You know. But we've 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 dealt with it, so we we understand. Oh, sorry. Wow, that I'm was so amazing, Joyce. Today. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for bringing all of that to the table mm-hmm. and of course. laying it out there. Because I think. I mean. When it's just you know you and me, Gigi, yeah. when we're talking about it, I a little bit feel. I wonder if it's just us that feels this way, right. you know. And so talking no. to Joyce and you know having her say, "Yeah, I know," I definitely relate to where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I think makes me feel a little bit better and a little right. less lonely. A little yeah. less lonely, I know. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully this kind of helps all of you Asians out there feel yes. a little less lonely and exactly, uh, and hopefully a little more vocal. I think. Asians mm-hmm. as a whole, you know, we we're taught to 
kind of stay in the shadows. Stay in the shadows. Other than, you know, being successful and doing, you know, uh, being a good doctor or lawyer or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But also when it comes to, you know, societal issues, it's keep your head down. Yeah. Don't don't say anything. You know, don't draw attention to yourself and things like that where... You know what? No, we need to say something and we need to draw attention to ourselves because no one is paying attention and no one else will. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely what I realize Mm. now is, you know, the only person that can speak for me is me. And if I don't ask for a one on one, if I don't ask for to get paid, it's on me. Yeah. So like I feel this sense of you know, strength that I have to tap into myself that I'm like, wow, you know, you got to own it. And like the more I do it, the more that I feel empowered. And I feel like it's easier for me to like see someone else, a a friend, a teammate, another Asian woman, and just be like, Mm -hmm. yo, you got this. Like we can all get this, whatever we want and define it on our own, um, in our own way. And it's really great to hear you say like, wow, there." I mean, I know you, but I just was like, so... Um, you're doing things. And I feel like with Seventh Wave, you know, I um, we didn't get to talk about that too much. But what's so cool about that is, you know, it's it's your life's it's your life's work yeah. <laughs> in a way like that. You're you know, you're working with a team to get that off the ground and amplify other people's voices on those things. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's incredible. Awesome. We can talk about seven. Yeah. A, a little bit more <laughs> if you want. Yeah. To. Tell us what the next topic is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, actually, it's very fitting because our current issue that we just started publishing this past Monday mm-hmm. is Power and. Oh, yeah. Okay. So how damn fitting is that? Yeah. Um, so it's all about the idea that power doesn't exist in a vacuum. So it's like, mm. you know, yes, you can say that, oh, some people just naturally have privilege and power. It's like, cool. How did they get there? Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't just like whose backs did they walk on to get to the top? Right. There's always going to be someone. Ooh. So whose back did they walk oh. to to get to the top? Oh, wow! Nice. Oh my gosh! My Damn. next piece. I feel no, like yeah. I'm high, but I'm not. I you know, know? <laughs> just so funny. I was like, whoa! <laughs> Dang, Joyce. I love it. I you love know? It. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's so the seventh wave is just what you said, Gigi. It's like it's all about just amplifying voices that haven't been heard yet mm-hmm. and through art. So I include writing in art. I think mm-hmm. writing is an art. It is an Absolutely. art. Yep, it is an art. So through writing, through like um, we get uh, graphic designers, we get like audio art, visual art, wow. audio art, like whatever people Ooh, basically... I want to like choreograph something. Yeah. You should. You should. Mm. She's right. a fine all dancer. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, think, I'll think about it. All right. Yeah. Right. Well, you guys now are in touch. Yeah, now, now you know. live in Seattle yeah. so together, so you guys hang so. out. Yeah. yeah. yeah See, good. this we're is how good. connections are made. Exactly. exactly. Through podcasts. Yeah, through podcasts. And when you just connect Asian women together. Or just Asians together. Asians together. Asian women are... But specifically Asian women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want more of this. I want, I mean, Good. we, so we definitely, Gigi and I were kind of mentioning, talking about doing kind of a gathering. It was oh, definitely yes. more Gigi's idea than it was mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, more of this. Yeah, please. I would Absolutely. love to. Yeah. I know, I would love to. I, you know, I was talking, I was at this event for cannabis and I ended up meeting the founder of the event, the space, and, mm. you know, I was telling her about what she, I was up to. And then she was also, she's also Asian. So it was really fascinating because she, I was just telling her what 
that what she was doing for the community, for those women that put that event on, was so impactful mm-hmm. because most of the time we just need spaces. You know, I'm not going to get into the cannabis oh. legal, legal legalization things and consuming um, in public spaces or in private spaces, but, you know, she just offered parts of her home to to these people that were just trying to create something, an area for content creation um, and experiences that are really needed in our space. And I told her, like, I'd love to do, we could find a way to Mm -hmm. collaborate. So I mentioned it to her, like, it would be great to get an Asian women gathering. Yeah. And then, you know, have more of this, like conversations like this or, you know, whether it's related to the podcast or it's, you know, just something new we we figure out but just to show and let those women feel as though they're they're not on their own dealing with all this you know we all get what it's like to to go through this and grow up with this and you know as grown women kind of Mm -hmm. kind of right living it right Mm -hmm. and so i think for sure if you made it all the way to the end of this episode all through all five of these episodes Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, real quick. thank you. <laughs> um, just making it all the way through and listening to what we have to say and kind of all the feelings that we've wanted mm-hmm. to release for a really long time. Yes. And yeah, I mean, I can't believe we made we it, did it all the I way know. here. Five Woo! episodes. Thank and you so shout much. Shout out to Joyce. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, so much Joyce. for bringing yeah. all that knowledge. knowledge. Thank- yes. On the same page. We are on the yeah, same page. Yeah, we literally are uniminding right <laughs> now. <laughs> Joyce, I just, okay. Watch, yeah. I would like to add Joyce Chen to the list of badass Asian women yes, to watch. Please. Like, yeah, please. And thank you. Everyone. And we'll definitely Joyce make Chen. sure to link some of her articles in the description mm-hmm. so that you guys can go in and, and read, read some of the awesome sure. shit that yes. she's written. And thank you guys for having me. Oh, this is This is really awesome. Honestly, like, when you're talking about creating spaces, I think... A large part of it is permission and space. Mm-hmm. And if you give women both, like, then fucking just watch out. Damn, mm-hmm. you're going to cry. <laughs> That's the soundbite right there. Yeah, That's wow. Sound that was beautiful, need. Joyce. Thank you so much. Such an eloquent person. I'm she glad, is. I'm glad that we brought, we brought Joyce on for I this. know. I'm glad. Yeah, yes. you know, this is funny. So me and Joyce, uh, we when I got let go from a job... Mm. This is funny. Yep. Uh, four years ago at this point, I got let go from a job. Our other friend who was Joyce's roommate um, was off for the summer as well, putting in the pieces for her, you know, her own business. And Joyce was in grad school. And did you graduate that year? Or you had that one more year? That was between two years, yeah. Okay, so we all... Uh, we ended up on a road trip and that was like our summer of soul. And I remember mm-hmm. all the convos we had with Joyce on the road, literally going, driving up the one... <laughs> All the way to Seattle. It's a long ass drive. Yeah, and we were super ambitious because it was only a, a week. Mm-hmm. We all got sick along the way somehow <laughs> for some <laughs> reason. But yeah, you really just opened my eyes and my heart to find some, you know, stability in being the woman that I am today. So Aww. thanks for being Shout a part out. of this. Shout yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, summer of soul forever mm-hmm. <laughs> is an everyday thing. Yeah. Well, Thank you guys for listening. Yes, thank and, you, Karen. And Kieran. It through. Oh my God, I almost <laughs> fucking called you Karen. Yeah, like, it's okay. like all the places we go to eat. Yeah, and she's no, like, no, my no. name's Karen. Doesn't because even... they can't spell my name. I know. And so, <laughs> anyway, like how rude. <laughs> I, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on at Almost Chillcast yep. on Instagram. Let us know your thoughts. And hopefully we'll be back soon to do more of yeah, this. Yeah, another uh, season. Yeah. So t- Tune in, hopefully. Shout out to all of you. Appreciate you. See you soon. Soon. See you on the gram. (laughs) All that fun stuff. Yes. Oh my gosh.